This is SG Fun. The Stargate Podcast. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, 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 hi. Hi. Thank you for joining us at the Vertical Watering Hole. My name is Sarah, and I've never seen the Stargate movie, but I think I've seen the series, but I don't remember anything. And I'm Tori, and I'm, I love the movie, and it's one of my favorites, but I never watched the show. So here we are deciding to comfort watch the entirety of Stargate SG-1 during the pandemic. And we decided to make a podcast about it. And we'll be watching well beyond the pandemic, we fucking hope, because we hope this pandemic is almost over. Join us, won't you? (laughs) Welcome to Stargate SG-1, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gotta insult our call our their listeners names hey you know? if samuel l jackson called you motherfucker would you be like i'm insulted or would you be like yeah that just means we're no friends. but that's samuel l jackson <laughs> <laughs> what you're just saying i don't have the swagger of a samuel l jackson i can't believe you would say such a thing to me swagger of samuel i'm sorry you're close though you're really close you're closer than most people i know Dude, uh, I, know. That. I know that's right I know that's right. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Uh, welcome, everybody. We're we're here. We have an episode to talk about today. We got a. We we're still on season one. We're on episode nine. Thor's hammer, directed by Brad Turner. This is a nice. This is a fun little ditty uh, of a show, I think. But you know, before we like really get into it, Sarah. Yeah. There's a crisis happening. Oh my God, do we only have 24 seconds to get this done or we're all going to get stuck on this world? The pro, the, yeah, the podcast mountain's about to be blown up. Oh no! Apparently. We need some false tension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have 24 seconds to uh, give us a rundown okay. of the entirety of this episode, Thor's Hammer. I am hella ready. I don't even think I need, I am Helen ready. And I don't even think I need 24 seconds. Oh, okay. Well, I'm ready. Go. All right. The summary is this episode is racist as fuck. The white gods equal good. The brown god is equal bad. And uh, Colonial O'Neill MacGyver is a super white savior. And I'm pretty sure it was written by Stephen Miller. The end. Oh, also, they destroy their one hope when all they had to do was shove Telt through really fast. Why'd they do that? They could just push him through. Nice. Okay, good. All right. Jo- you did all you did all that supplementary stuff in the nick of time. I wrote that all on my bathroom mirror, so I was trying to read this photo of my bathroom mirror. It's very hard to read. Wait, wait. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was I was, you know, like putting my hair up in these ridiculous pigtails while mm. I was watching. And I was like, oh, I better write my thoughts down right now. Mm. Sorry, I just heard an incredibly loud thunder peal. Me too. That, that, I that, thought that is not because of we're not saying that because of the sh- the show 
uh, th- that no, is a- and you can tell where it's traveling because you're about what, like 10 miles away from me in Seattle, 15 miles mm. away. And like you heard it and you looked and then I heard it as you were turned to the side. It's listening. Closer, man. So just to hear that sound travel. Uh, ladies is- and gentlemen, welcome our guest Thor. He's going to be talking ah! to us. Who knows how, who knows how much during this episode? We, we have no idea. All y'all. I just heard Thor's hammer. Yeah, th- th- this is exciting. We this is you know, despite Seattle being rainy all the time, thunder is a rare commodity. Really, it's going to be. Oh my god, we get so excited when we get lightning, thunder, and or hail. <laughs> we get so we get really excited, like children. All right, well, so this episode, uh, we start out with the dissertation from Daniel. Everyone's in the meeting room. Um, oh my god, everyone is slow as hell. General Daddy is like General Baby. Because I can't believe Colonial O'Neill has to explain what Daniel's getting at. The show thinks their audience is fucking idiots. Oh, does it? Yeah, because all those people are proxies for our us, the watchers. So when they're like, oh, General Hammond has to have explained, or Sam has a super dumb question, that's not for the characters. That's for us at home to go, oh, I get what's happening. Well, Daniel's like, all right, so we think there's two types of gods. There's the tyrant gods, which are the go-out world. There's the brown gods from Egypt. Yep. And then all and then the culture bearers, as he puts them. Oh shit. That's so much where I forgot he said that. That makes what I that makes my feeling about it combined with your remembrance of the actual words. Oh, it's so Aryan supremacy, like white. Oh, it's so God Jesus. <laughs> yeah, apparently the Goa'uld. He th- Daniel thinks the Goa'uld did not build the Stargate. They simply uh, use it, found it, and just yeah, use it. Yeah, took advantage of it because they're inherently, what are they? Inherently exploitative and lazy with some kind of terrible thing he said. <laughs> I, mean, I guess so, yeah. And, 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 and General Hammond's like, oh, okay, do you know who these culture bearer gods are? And Daniel He goes, didn't say that. He didn't say that oh. until Colonial O'Neill said, what are you saying, Colonel? General, I'm the Colonel. That was weird. I was talking to myself. It's like what I said to myself in the mirror the other day. I'm going to say to you, General Daddy, is what he's saying is he thinks there's like someone we could ally with. Right, and then Daddy Hammond is like, well, "Who? And who were they?" Well, yeah, he's like, "Do you know who they are?" And Daniel's like, "Yes, sir, the Vikings." With no evidence, with no reasoning except for his own racism. The Daniel Vikings. Says, and I'm, the like, I'm just like, what? 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 The whitest people. What the fuck? The whitest. The people Trump wants to be. <laughs> so, so yeah. So Daniel starts giving just like a small little summary about basic, you know, entry level Nordic mythology. Talking about Thor and Thor's hammer. They could have even. I'm sorry. They could have even picked the Greeks or the Romans, and they would have been less white than picking the goddamn fucking Vikings. They could have gone down. They could have gone and picked like gods from other parts of the world that because of the society I was baked in, I cannot think of because I probably lack a solid familiarity, but they could have picked, they could have picked Hindu, like Hindi gods. There's so many of them. They could have picked, they could have done something with Ganesh, who by the way are typically, are actually technically as much as you can call race technical, fucking Caucasian. But we changed that because we don't like it. 
my next note is literally they could they could have used they could have found the evidence from any creation myth. There's nothing special about Thor and the Norse creation myth. There's nothing special about it that, that Daniel's like, here it is. These there's, guys right, were the nothing, good ones. Oh there's nothing we needed except they like the concept of Thor's hammer just as much as Marvel does. All right. Well, yeah. Well, they're they're like so. Daniel's like, we can maybe try to talk to these gods. We just got to figure out where we where they're at. And Teal, he's like, I have seen this hammer symbol. I want to say Teal is always mean mugging now, and I don't like that either because that is a problem stereotype for black men. Um, no, yeah, he does it in this meeting. The whole Daniel's just talking about it. He says, but what I do like is they cut to Teal like making that frowny that hardcore frowny face like an emoji level frowny face when daniel's saying like well obviously the vikings were the good guys they cut to teal going like <clears throat> with his <laughs> face like i don't like it. <laughs> smells like farts in here good yeah 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 well, yeah well so tilk has seen the hammer symbol and he says it's a symbol for a world called uh chimeria for any of you conan fans it's a straight ripoff from conan in the Conan mythos for literally just taking a word from a different fantasy series. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, and what's weird is we're in episode nine. It's like the first time they've literally stolen a concept from another sci-fi oh. series. So <laughs> I mean, or this, vehicle. This so is just it's blatant. wild. That this they is would just do that. straight blatant. Like what are they, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to like stop off at Alderaan before, before, you know, may, well, may, they've just they've demonstrated such maybe a go to Hogwarts intense, in the interim. They've been so original and and it demonstrated such a lack of hackery up until this point that, frankly, I find it shocking. Can I tell you just as 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 like a foundation moving forward for discussion of this episode? I want to say that what's weird to me about this show is it's the writer's room seems to think it's being progressive just by casting a lot of people who aren't white, but that the way they, but there's, it's so clear there's unexamined racism in everything that they write in the way that they write those characters. So, but I just feel like all of the tropes they carry out, they try to be like, look, look, look how great we are. <laughs> Cause we're sci-fi show. And so we're about inclusivity, but everything that there's all these things like this, this thing about that stand out now that everybody's woker than they used to be thank god and like with work still to do but like things like having the vikings be the good guys and the egyptians be the bad guys right now sorry after this i'm definitely letting tori talk i just want to say the best part of this episode is actually other than talking about the vikings is laying out an ongoing storyline finally they finally lay out an ongoing storyline that can come together. And other than the nonsense we've apparently dropped about maybe they'll lose funding, that's unresolved still. <laughs> but they, they've at they least, seem to have money. They seem to be still yeah, raking in some I guess some it's no longer cheese. a question. They brought nothing back from that planet no. except for some new kind of Tylenol. So they finally have laid out an ongoing storyline, which is going to be the the Goa'ulds are gods, right? They're aliens that are far advanced. There's another set of aliens that are far advanced and they're well-intentioned toward mammals. And we should see if we can form an alliance with them. So we are going to try to meet them. 
And that's the mission. And that, because, spoiler alert, that's not entirely accomplished. It's not failed, but it's not, it's just one baby step in this episode. It, that is an ongoing storyline and it's, it's time for them to introduce that. I agree with you. Uh, there's a bit of wor- more world building in this episode than, than usual, which I appreciated, you know, because that's been my whole thing. My whole thing has been how much shit can they expand upon from the original concept of the movie? And it is almost limitless, but they haven't really been doing that. So I'm, I, I, you know, so I got comforted right away. Been like, all right, let's, let's expand it a little bit. Let's, let's get it going. You know, but then then they were like the Vikings, and I was like, oh, okay, well, fuck. Same uh, roller coaster, same uh, roller coaster, same car. We're in the same car we're, together. We're in the same going down car, that going hill down and cranking Stargate up that hill. <laughs> so we learn the place is called Camaria. Uh, gold are forbidden to go there. Apparently, we don't really know why. Yeah, yeah. But they are forbidden. So O'Neill and Hammond are like, well, that sounds good to me. Let's go. Hammond rolls in to give them a gift and this fucking thing, I, this, this uh, just pissed me the fuck off. It's like, it's a, a very ugly cigar box. It is a dime store version of the golden record on Voyager. And, and at least they gave Carl Sagan a shout out by saying it came from the Sagan Institute because of uh, this. But this is like the golden record was it's the actual real thing that they sent out to be like a Rosetta stone yeah, uh, for aliens, which nice. is a beautiful yeah. design, densely packed etchings, very simplistic, but a lot of information, this fucking thing. Yeah. A cigar box with like two naked adults and two naked children hanging out underneath a pyramid. It's the fucking worst. Daniel has ordered it apparently, but we find that out because Daddy Hammond hands it to Colonial O'Neill, and O'Neill's like, "The fuck is this ugly <laughs> yeah, piece of shit?" And Daniel cigars. comes over his shoulder and he goes, "He's like an excited housewife." He's like, "Oh my god, oh. you had it, man!" Oh yeah. And then he steps back one foot behind Colonial O'Neill, where I guess he's like Colonial O'Neill's like old-fashioned housewife. <laughs> deferential and just really excited about presents he's yeah Dan, daniel excited he about really presents, likes by the this, way, so. this piece of shit thing he's really i bought someone excited. a mug the other day and i am just so excited to give it to them so anyway <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so so the so the gate gang go they go through and they show them coming through on the other side for some reason o'neill like flies and rolls through it for some reason like they he got pushed yeah, like, by Hammond, like through the star would really be a good shover i feel I like he know. would get pushed by teal and teal would be like what i didn't do anything because <laughs> i think teal is like constantly eating shit plates of shit sandwiches from these idiots <laughs> probably because like i was thinking about how like he okay so i was also thinking about how he his character seems unaware of the racial dichotomy and it's probably because on his planet the any like racial dichotomy or racism had nothing to do with um skin color but whether or not you were gold or not or 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 other human and just basic human and uh i don't think he gets all the nuance of the racism around him and all these clueless white people around him 
like he's working with all white people and like none of them think to say, Hey, we might have some racial biases because um, we're fucking white. (laughs) And so sometimes we're going to, we're just going to assume the Vikings are the good guys. We really need to keep that in check because it could get us all killed. And by all of us, I mean the whole planet. (laughs) And that sounds fair. It sounds like a good thing. Like we deserve it, but keep in mind this planet is full of people who aren't white and do not deserve to get killed for our bullshit nobody's like hey teal when you leave the facility to go to colonial o'neill's house you better check yourself before the police wreck yourself if he, if he doesn't know he's just gonna he's just gonna walk out of that mountain just uh with yeah, his staff frowning it with, with his with the weapon frowning at everything he's gonna get shot immediately like like within five probably by the people guarding the mountain honestly I mean, they are in colorado <laughs> <laughs> by by the gate guards fuck me <laughs> yeah he's probably gonna go out they don't know who just he for is. a walk or a sandwich a different kind of sandwich than they have inside the mountain because i guess he lives in the mountain which can we address his living quarters i'm curious how that is he just lives in the mountain now we haven't seen and haven't he really tries to it. get back in and the gate guards are like i see a gun yeah, can we, can we can we see your keys? Can we see your ID? And he's like, it's you a sandwich. Here. And they're like, gun, gun, gun. I'm sorry for getting so political, but that's just what the show is going to be like. Like, I'm sure at a certain point, they have to have an episode about Teal hanging out, like, in Denver or something. They must, you know I mean? right? It will be totally inappropriate, probably. But I am tired of probably. him being stuck in the mount. I'm tired of him not hanging out. <laughs> yeah, me too. The gate gang have entered into enter the Stargate, come out the other side. They're uh, they're again in British Columbia somewhere. Although I, <laughs> I always forget that it's funny to me every motherfucking time you say it. Look, <laughs> every time you say it, it's like a new world for me. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> look, I will. I look. I probably should stop saying it because they it, don't. Please don't. Please never stop. Well, no, because literally everywhere they ever go will be in British Columbia. Like, I'm sure so, they never went anywhere else. But, but I will, if I'm forgetting, so are our listeners. Uh, but yeah, but they, but they come through and they are, they immediately see a bunch of, uh, of the people of the planet who are basically just a bunch of white Thor, lords. Thor, Thor. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they, they're just chanting. It's really creepy. Thor, Thor. Well, they start Thor, laughing at them Thor. first. First, they're laughing at them, and the gang is like, "What the? Have you? What are they doing, Daniel? What's going on?" And he's like, "I don't know." And I know Daniel's useless; he never does his homework. And like, why don't they just go right back through the fucking gates? <laughs> like, there should be a protocol. Like, if you get there and shit is weird, leave. They just start laughing at issues. you and not yeah. treat you like gods. Then, uh... <laughs> yeah, if they treat you like gods, don't say you are a god. That's right. against the rules. Right. Team nine. I'm looking at you. <laughs> They've been disbanded by now, I'm sure. They I know, right? Been, only there's now eight, eight teams. There's yeah. eight, one through eight. Yep. Yeah. And, and eight's on thin ice, thanks to nine. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, but the, yeah, they start chanting Thor, and there's this pylon right in front of the gate, which, it, and it has like a symbol at the top, which sort of looks like a hammer. Well, yeah. So, and this pylon, it has this weird little like projection lens at the top, and it starts shining a light. 
It's uh, a beam. It's like a laser pointer. It's like yeah. a giant laser pointer, like a huge presentation. It's a scanner. It's a scanning beam. It's a scan. It's scanning the gate, the, the gate gang. And, and they're not like, they're like not <laughs> reacting at all. They're, they're like, they're like, they're Oh, like, that, oh, that light looks, I don't like it. Ugh, get it out of my eyes. But then, uh, but then it hits Teal, and then it goes down to his stomach. Starts like writhing while standing. I didn't know it could happen. It's painful. It's painful for him. He's, he's yeah. in pain. Uh, but he doesn't fall to the ground because he's Teal. Oh yeah. Well, O'Neill jumps in to save him, get him out of the way or whatever. But they're both like they both disappear. They're sucked in by the light. And Daniel's like freaking out. They're they're, they're basically and Carter's like I maybe Carter's like yeah, we don't maybe. know that I don't. Dead. But before they can get into a real fight, some some riders on horses come through, and some other some other Norse people, and uh, a woman comes up to them and just starts ins- she just starts insulting them. She's like, "You're a little short for gods, aren't you?" Apparently, her name is uh, Gerwin. We get a little backstory, you know. You guys came here and you and you tricked those Eatons. That's what they call the bad Goa'ulds. She's like, you tricked them into coming with you and you got them in there. And Dan- Daniel and Sam are like, no, they're our friends. But they can't seem to get that through their thick skulls. No, they can't. They're like, fuck that. But anyways, our friends wouldn't go to that place with these. Well, yeah, it's it's a weird conversation. It, it's a weird back and forth where this, this woman's like, you are the good people of the old world Midgar. And you come and... You're our brothers and sisters. Yeah, and they're like, all right, well, that's fine. But, you know, we got, we need to help our friends. They are our friends, no matter what you want to call them or say that they are. And Like one of them doesn't even have a symbiote. Yeah. So Garowin's like, all right, well, then maybe this woman Kendra might help you. She, she, she came here long and she went where they went and but she came back. And so I might be able to, I'll, I'll help you, you know, I'll help you find her. Kendra's like a totally normal name too. Like my sister's best friend in high school was named Kendra. I've known like three Kendras. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not like Kendra Ween or anything like that or uh... Yeah. No, right, Kendra Ween, In, like in a world full of Darwins and Arwins <laughs> and Eowins. And then they're like, yeah, we, we have this friend named Beth. <laughs> yeah. Susan. She, she's I'm hanging out. Take you to the Beth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So you know what it is? One of them knew someone named Kendra in the White Riders room. And they're like, I've never known a Kendra before. And they're like, that's a weird name. Let's use that. Uh, so Garwin, Daniel, and Sam they they head off to find Kendra. Meanwhile, we 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 meet up with Teal'c and O'Neill who wake up in uh, underground in a cave or something. They they oh, they yeah. come to it, like sucks where they wake where they come to. It, it, yeah, this place is not cool. Teal'c's uh, baby worm is freaking the fuck out. He's like outside. Oh, his no, body. it's like trying to like come out of his tummy. And then I love O'Neill is always like ew. Like, dude, you haven't learned not to be a prick of a best friend yet. Well, he he does say. Well, he does ask. He says his line is uh, "Is Junior okay?" That's pretty good. But he, but first he makes a lot of squicked out yeah, yeah, faces, he's like, and he's like, he's like, "Oh, is Junior okay?" <laughs> It'd be like if you had a pet like tarantula, and you and I were constantly on a road trip, and we got in an accident, and I was like is junior okay and what i would mean is is your spider in its box or should i jump out of this car even though my leg is broken 
which I would understand, you know, if I, yeah, well, maybe that's how Tilk feels. Maybe Tilk doesn't like it either. <laughs> he doesn't. I, Can you believe Tilk has a son? That means his wife fucks him with that thing in him. Oh, spoiler God. alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Tilk, we don't know. He's a mystery. But I bet if he has kids, it's a gross idea because he fucked somebody with that symbiote <laughs> in him. <laughs> it's not gross for him. It's gross for the other person, right? Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, so yeah. So he's freaking out. And then, fu- then motherfucking Thor materializes. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, it's what? Funny. Does Thor look here? like what we'd expect? Or is there anything interesting going on? No, just looks like what we thought. Okay. Oh, this this Thor sucks. This is the most lackadaisical Thor. He's just like, hey. This is hey, a hey, costume I'm, kingdom I'm, Thor. I'm, I'm Thor. <laughs> we found, we, we, I found this helmet on uh, Aurora in 120th Street. <laughs> Uh, yeah, hey, remember when Champion was downtown? Well, now we're on fucking 15th. This is the Champion Costume Supplies Thor yeah, for the I, year 2021. Hey, guys, I'm, I'm commander of the Asgard fleet. This is, you know, this is a, this is a safe world. And the go out, you were told this. And so even got- worse, it's like, hey, guys, I'm a hologram. Hey, guys, I'm like one of those answering machine message tapes that would be like, Hi, how's it how's it going? Who's this? Oh, great, good to talk to you. And then, like, they're like, ha ha, it's a tape. I'm not really home. Remember how fun that was? Well, 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 yeah. Well, that look, that that see, uh, O'Neill figures that out, and that's another great line. I think of his. He's it like, is a great line, Teal'c. I think we got the answering machine, which is pretty good. There was a point during this engagement, and I can't remember what it was O'Neill said, but I was like, why the fuck have a podcast if O'Neill's going to make all the funnies? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, so yeah, so they, they realize that this, this shitty Thor is just a hologram. And but he's t- he's giving them good information. He's giving us information as can as I audience. can we talk about how they found out he was a hologram? Is O'Neill suspected he was a hologram, so he got really close to him and was like, so anyway, blah blah blah, and then just took a swipe through him. Yeah, he tried to so yeah, if he, he had to, if he had if he hadn't been a hologram. It'd have been a big problem. He, he would have hit Thor, the god of thunder. Yes, it, it would yeah. not have been a good look. No. So I felt like he was pretty confident at that point that they got the answering machine. Like, look, O'Neill's pretty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, O'Neill. You know, in this episode, you know, I, I got to admit, like, he's he's pulling off the one-liners. He's he's killing it. He's he is killing it and things and. Yeah, he's killing things too. He is saving Teal fast and doing it whitely. Whitely. Look, we do get a lot of information from this hologram about the, right. the whole world of the, the Stargate universe. The fact we learn a lot. We learn a lot that there is this other species or aliens. Although he does look human, so I I don't. I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, does he is he like a symbiont? Like, is he symbiont based, but like, like kind of benevolent, except for the person he takes over? He can't be because he's disgusted by this takeover thing. So he must just be a human-looking full alien. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that like they they've built this. They they have this planet here. They they built this like safeguard in front of the Stargate. Any Goa'uld that come through. 
They get taken to this labyrinth to basically be killed. Yeah, uh, or live as long as they want inside in utter misery. Their choice. Apparently, apparently. (laughs) I love it. They're like, when you tire of this existence, just try to walk out the door and you will die a very painful death. Up to you. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, his last thing that, that the hologram says is that they need to go through the Hall of Molnir. Um, oh, what is fucking O'Neill called? Because whatever he oh, calls oh, it oh. is... The Hall of Mohair. That is when I was like, why are we doing a podcast? No, I mean, I look, I, I like that. I, I I mean, this is, I, this yeah, is amazing. Yeah, I was like, if he's going to call the mall the Hall of Mohair, we're done. Yeah, we, we got nothing. We, we're not needed. O, O'Neill we, is yep. the meta-commentary. Yep. Of this whole show. <laughs> Maybe we should call this show the Hall of Mohair. <laughs> it's a terrible great name. You know what's it's funny? It's a great terrible name. This is because I, I know you're like we were talking about how like he was doing a good Kurt Russell impression. Yeah. And then I wasn't sure maybe Kurt Russell's doing a good him impression. But this is the thing, is that like this character of O'Neill, like the character of O'Neill in the series of being like, you know, quipping. You know, yeah, like, but no, the the O'Neill in the movie does not quip. He's serious as shit. Like he's just stra- he just played straight. Well, he should be because that explains how he made Colonel, which is something I'm still trying to understand. Watching uh, Richard Dean Anderson, I'm like, how did this sh- fucker make Colonel? <laughs> how did any with of this like fucking? Of- he's got he's got a sergeant's attitude at most which is the highest you can reach as an enlisted person. The, the only person who makes any sense in the, in the designation that they have is Sam Carter. Carter. Uh, everyone Word. else, is, even Daniel, you're like, you're, you're a ling- linguist. You're any kind of person with an advanced degree. <laughs> I don't think so. I found this on the internet. Although I'll spoiler alert in the movie. He kind of does. Good. Because that's because Spader, Spader could bring. That's because Spader could bring nuance. <laughs> no, but we we learn a lot of stuff from the hologram. Just basically, yeah, that, like do. this is a test, and but Teal'c's like, look, like I don't think I can leave this place. My my Goa'uld will die if I try to go through the Holomonia, and I'll die if yeah. he dies. So I don't know. And and O'Neill's like, we'll we'll cross that Hall of Mohair when we get to it, buddy. He's like, O'Neill, go without me. And O'Neill's like, what kind of white savior would I be if I did? Yeah. I will figure it out. Yeah, it's not my contract. So so they so they head out. So they so they so they start walking. So we, we cut to uh uh back to Sam and Daniel with Garwin. They're walking, they find a woman in like a tent doing some weird work with a youngster or something like that. And they she has one of the Go out like some healing work, some healing work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that with her old bracelet ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- Daniel freaking, he's like, What? No, stop. Right? Which makes him just like the people who entrapped fucking Teal, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh my god, like, look, I I, t- I I did a double take at this part because uh, sure. I, I realized that the Kendra is 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 the woman, the healer, and she's played by uh, played by Galen Gord. Oh, what's she from? What do you know her from? I know her mostly from RoboCop Two. She was a dancer back in the day, but apparently she died just last year, cancer. 
Oh. Anyway, no, I was like, I was like, no, this this uplifts the episode incredibly for me personally. She's a good actress. Yeah, exactly. I kept thinking it, she was such a good actress. Maybe too and good. I, <laughs> for yeah, this she's show. Like movie quality, and somehow she never broke out. And she's maybe that we can also talk about the racism in Hollywood when we talk about this really good actress who's really gorgeous who never had a never broke out, and the fact that she's black. Well, yeah. So so they uh, so this woman Kendra, she's healing this young 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 boy. She heals him and then he runs away real quick. Yeah, like he's like willing to go to her for help, but he's like, oh now fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pariah. So she's when- a pariah. <laughs> but yeah, she's living out all by herself with a normal with a normal name like Kendra, <laughs> and she's like Daniel and Sam and Garrow when he come up to her, and she's like Hale. And when Carter's like, "Hi, uh, uh, Hale." Uh, I, I... Can I just say this is a point where I'm like, this show is made by a bunch of like Gen Xers who were in love with like sci-fi of their childhood where they were constantly mixing sci-fi with like a Robin Hood backdrop. (laughs) Do you remember like Star Trek would have it all the time Mm. and classic Doctor Who would have it all the time where they would be like, you know, wearing those weird Shakespearean costumes. And this is very much that. Hail! (laughs) <laughs> and, and maybe that's why it annoyed me because I always hated that sort of genre overlap. Oh. I like my sci-fi to be futuristic, not pasty. Oh well, I, well then I, I I don't know how you're going to feel about the rest of this show. Well, except for Doctor. Well, no, if it's like ancient, cool past, but this like whole like Britishy Viking Nordic kind of past <laughs> is so played out to me. It's just like no. <laughs> but I like Doctor I like Doctor Who even when they do it because Doctor Who always manages to throw some pop arty flair. Not the old Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who. Anyway, mm, please do go on. I see. With telling us the story of this episode. Well, I'm called well, something. I'm, well, so yeah, so so they talk and uh, and we realize that and Daniel's like, why was that boy so afraid of you? And she's like, bitch, did you see my bracelet? Right. She shows them her scar, which I think is very personal. I would have been like, Nunya. And I would have said, I would have said, why was he so afraid of me? Nunya. And he'd have been like, Nunya. And I'd been like, Nunya business. <laughs> well, but Kendra felt differently. And she, she's like, I get it. People are weirded out by the fact that I used to have a parasite. Okay. But what this does show, what this does show is that whatever happens in the labyrinth, how how it, Kendra it got can out. remove a, it can remove the symbiont. Yeah, yeah, which Daniel's excited about because of his wife Charity. And he tries to get he tries to get Colonial O'Neill on board by talking about Scara later when he sees him. Mm-hmm. Not right now because right now they're not together. I remember. All right. That. Well, yeah, well, so Ken- I remember that. So Kendra's like, uh, so I call this the underground, the labyrinth, and she's like, wait, there's a there's a there's a Jaffa with with. With your friend, he's he's She's a like, piece fuck of shit. The Jaffa. Who do you think got me in this situation oh, in the yeah. first place? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, to be fair, this specific Jaffa is the one who kidnapped Skara and Kiara. So, like the fuck, like Daniel forgave him pretty fast. Very fast, yeah. 
And it's hard because he was enslaved, but Daniel's a human being with tremendous human frailties and flaws. So I just feel like it'd be more true to character and more true to humanity if Daniel had a harder time making his peace with Teal'c. Well, I think they do something a little interesting at the end of this episode concerning that, but we'll get to that. Well, probably not, but I'm excited <laughs> to find out. I'm excited to find out what I missed by playing it on 1.5 speed. Oh, okay. As the episode continues, we, we it jumps back and forth a bunch between Teal'c and O'Neill underground and Sam and Daniel and Kendra. Oh, there's a monster underground. Well, yeah. So we cut to underground and O'Neill and Teal'c are wandering around. They find some bones of not and just like, not just humans, but Goa'uld, parasites. And, and Teal'c is like, dog, they did not die natural causes. Something ate them. Right, right. And, uh, and so they're walking around, and this is, and they're walking around this weird underground place that has like wood pillars, stonework, and there's even some like lighting fixtures. Like, like oh, you know what? I'll say something I like that they did that that was some smart like detectiving work, and I'm glad they gave the line of like, hey, guess what? I can tell that these guys didn't die of old age or, or just natural mm. causes. They, I'm pleased that they made the effort of not giving that line to O'Neill, the white guy. Oh, oh, yeah. Because yeah, sure. that's the smarty pants line. So, okay, okay. If I'm going to shit on him, I've got to say, way to just like be even and, and normal and not, it seems like a bad thing to give props for, for like not making the person of color the idiot. We got to give props but, wherever it happens in 1997 <laughs> and in 2021 i still consider that like a big representation big deal well literally in the next bit of theirs o'neill does some detective work and figures out that uh while teal's staff weapon does not work underground as thor's hologram said o'neill's gun works so yeah, so they're they're yeah they're continuing, but they're, they're like yeah, there's there's some sort of monster down here, but we have a guns that'll work, so let's just be on the lookout. Meanwhile, outside, uh, Kendra is uh, some thundering is happening outside, and uh, Kendra starts talking to it. Oh, every time! So now there's going to be thunder. That's why we got so excited about the auspicious thunder at the beginning of our recording, because every time. Kendra experiences thunder she answers it with words and yeah, it, yeah. and translates sometimes yeah it's sometimes it's Thor's emissaries talking to her and sometimes it's Thor talking to her yeah. so. so how the whole like is Thor's a hologram but also is thunder I yeah I don't know what to make of it also like is Thor like an actual god unlike the Goa Uld to our parasites because like is there like a Thor's people monitoring stations. So it's not actual Thor. It's just people who have like my day job is to produce thunder whenever something's happening on Tamaria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the man, the man behind the curtains. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, these it's, questions. It's are wild because, like, are you telling me Thor's been sitting around watching this planet twenty four hours a day, just waiting for something to happen? Yeah, after he made that, after he recorded that hologram, he's just been like sitting in an office ever since. Yeah, 
percent. So yeah, so Kendra, you know, yeah, they're hanging out. She's made a stone circle that she's like, get in here and doing some weird rituals. We we learned that she was from a world called Jabana, and the Goa ruled there was named Marduk, which is a god of Babylon. But apparently, when she got when she turned into a host, she could keep. She was able because of her training in the temple. Oh, right. To keep a right. bit of her mind and her consciousness uh, alive while while she was a host. Or uh, as Daniel puts it, something of the host remains. <laughs> yeah. That's not the creepiest, grossest way to put it. <laughs> I always thought that that was just that was how it always was. Like we don't we 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 haven't gotten any information about any of this. Oh well, yeah. I like, kind none of, of us know always knew as... that there was a piece of the host in there, and they were just suffering in silence because we can all. That's that's what makes it body horror, right? The fact that yeah, their body is taken over, but there's still a piece of them in there. It wouldn't be. It's a body horror show at heart. We just avoid it so much. The writers avoid getting into it, but that's the core of the whole premise. I mean, yeah. Well, well, but apparently Kendra, like Daniel asks her, he's like, uh, so how did you get, how did you get here on the forbidden planet? And Kendra, you're like a goddamn Jafar kidnapped me, took me to the Goa world. It was probably this fucking Jafar, (laughs) which is why I'm salty as I should be. I could sort of, I could sort of like talk to mine and I sort of like, I could like manipulate mine by like thinking ideas and then mine would do it. Yeah, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm hella strong in my my. She, she gaslit her Goa'uld into coming to the Forbidden Planet, <laughs> right? And that's the only time gaslighting is going to get a huge thumbs up from me. <laughs> so, so yeah, so they went there. The same thing happened to them, and she went through the whole rigmarole. Uh, so that makes Daniel even more excited. He's like, "All right, we have a chance. There's Shara a way out. I can't wait to Scarra. tell O'Neill if he's alive." We'll, we'll bring them here. We'll, we'll help. So she gets another thunder peel, which is another uh, dialogue. Like, do they ever just have weather on this planet that's not a communication device? Well, funny enough, it never rains while they're hanging out. Right? It just thunders. So, so does she, like, misinterpret real thunder and be like oh then rain starts and she's like just kidding sorry that was nothing she's like she's like oh thor that was offensive he's like oh it's actually that's how it's actually just actual thunder oh well she's uh, like oh my god okay i thought i was gonna have to go to the hr department yeah (laughs) yeah so kendra she gets another sign and so her sam daniel they head out and she like takes him through a montage. I mean, look, the wa- the walking montage is pretty generic. Like they even have like the silhouette against the sunset, and she's like pointing off in the distance. You know, God, who? And it's it's shameful. You've got to stop saying who's directed the episode at the beginning because you're just oh, Brad, shitty. Brad it's just Turner. shitty to do. Don't do it anymore. Don't tell us because nobody's heard of any of them. If there's ever somebody that you think people have heard of, bring him up. But other than that, like we're about to shit on their episode. Well, look, I'll tell you this. It it is interesting to me personally that like every director so far has just been like straight up like a career TV series director. You know what I mean? 
Uh, that like, is interesting. It's like a pool of directors. This is all they do. They just Named do Brad and Chad and television series. Yeah, they're, Brad, they're, Chad. They're, what's they're another ad name? They're for hire, Brad. Brad, Brad, Chad, Rad. All right, so yeah, so we cut back to the <laughs> labyrinth, and Teal'c O'Neill are walking around, and they meet the monster, full body prosthetic, bluish, greenish mo- monster. It's got, it's like, it's like a monster we've seen in something else before. So it got teeth, and it's like, it's got like teeth all over its face. It's got scales and teeth, all, all kinds of weird places. You know, what's funny is I, I, I have a note here that says walking neck wrinkle. <laughs> which That's is funny because we timing. were just talking about Liz Taylor's timing. neck waddle yeah <laughs> he looks, it's amazing timing he looks sort of like um the alien in enemy mine he looks sort of like mm. the tusk he looks sort of like the yeah. the tng alien that only talks in metaphors tanagra at something something oh. somebody somebody and somebody at tanagra he looks like all these sort of scaly aliens, but he's got like teeth in weird places growing at like teeth that, that couldn't possibly gnash against each other. So therefore don't count. He's really weird and nasty looking. They're just like, let's make him look gr- like lizardy and grotesque. He's super icky. I like it. Uh, I, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's pretty good. No, it's it's what good. It is, it's a you know? good goddamn latex work. Right. And you know, what makes it the best and is voiced by James Earl motherfucking Jones. Shut the front door. I thought you might say that because I was like, the only person who matters if they're voicing a character is James Earl Jones. Wait, he he had like a free day? Or he, or why did he... <laughs> I do. That's, that's a whole nother podcast episode. Why did James Earl Jones do this? <laughs> yeah that is a whole other podcast because he's done a ton of stuff and we could just be like here's an example why was he like i i don't know if he was in thumbelina but i imagine he was why was he in thumbelina why was he in this why was he in the lion king for fuck's sake well i mean that i mean that's a major disney movie i mean that makes sense this is one is he episode. darth vader i'm sorry is he darth vader no why was he ever in anything either you be darth vader or they see your face <laughs> Fuck them if they want you to do anything else. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it a little bit. It's a little strange because it is James Earl Jones, but he changes his voice a little bit. He's not doing the the default Jones. No, he goes higher. He goes he's higher. Quite, he's more baritone than bass. And there's a weird accent that he tries to do as well. Like, Why not? Because he's trying. Because they probably said don't don't make the whole episode about you. And he goes, oh, I don't know. Why did he was like, why, why did, did you, you hire, hire me? <laughs> yeah. Why do you hire James Earl Jones? And he's like, okay, I'll try. He's only, he's like only got like 26 award wins. Look, this is like the biggest flex the show has had so far. Like this is it. Oh, for sure. We thought the biggest flex was going to be like MacGyver. No, fuck no. James Earl motherfucking Jones, motherfucker. And we're going to make him, and because we're a fucked up show, we're going to make him like not recognizable to you. Because I am really good at recognizing voices. And I am, I when you said guess who it was, I was thinking the only good answer is James Earl Jones. 
but I didn't really say anything. So I was like, probably not, but like, of course it was, but Oh, he also voices part of star tours. That's dope. He's so cool. I love that ride. He's going to be in the new coming to America. Oh, nice. Nice. No hats off. He's Maggie Simpson. (laughs) Wait, what? He's Maggie Simpson. Three in three episodes, he's been a narrator. He's been Maggie Simpson. Remember when she said a word once? I think that must have been him. I remember. He's been that. a moot. Yeah, I he's been that. moving man. He's been Sarah the preparer as James Earl Boggins Jones. I'm sorry, this is crazy right now. Stargate SG One. Wait, are you going through James Earl Jones's work history? Yeah, <laughs> we, I'm on we, IMDb. We, we got to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be listen up. You're right, especially because this show lasts for ten years. I need to. We need to get through this one episode. But it does. Here he is, Unis. <laughs> he was also Casper. Any he was in Casper. He wasn't Casper. He was in Casper, the movie. Anywho, anywho. All right. Okay. So yeah. So we meet Unis, voiced by uh, James Earl Jones, and apparently Unis. He- James Earl Jones. He's the first one. Uh, I am the first. Yeah. And I'm like, are you sure? Because sometimes somebody in Kirkland thinks they were the first, but it turns out it was probably somebody in New York. And then New York gets all excited because even though it's a deadly virus, they're like, we were first. Fuck Seattle. A lot of people on TikTok, too, they're like, I'm the first one to come up with this. And you're like, all right, 14 year old. (laughs) No. Yeah, no, I know. You're just a, a kid who has a phone and figured something Gen- out. But good for Gen- you. <laughs> good for you. Gen Z apparently now thinks they're the first people to come up with low rise jeans. And the rest of us are like, we'll fucking kill all of you. Oh, oh, they've come up with so much shit on their own. We will never go back to eating disorder causing jeans again. Like, suck it. <laughs> And if you think I'm kidding, I literally was talking about how low-rise jeans contributed to my very real eating disorder and how happy I am that all the loosey-goosey 90s fashions are back. But Gen Z is apparently like fully stoked on low-rise pants. And I'm like, do you want to be called Muffin Top for the rest of your life? Because that was, that's what happens. So yeah, so Unis is the first one. Apparently the first go out. It's, it's a hard So it's the hard first one, like... Yeah, no, he's the first, he's the, I assume what it means is he's the first Goa'uld who has become like a parasite. He's the first one who's taken over a sentient parasite, a humanoid parasite. And then he's described as being like a vampire. So I was like, for a minute, are you trying to make it a vampire show? Anyway. Yeah, no, it's weird. See, Teal recognizes the name. And so we immediately see yeah. that Teal's like, he says, you are, you are not real. Yeah, you're not. Fuck off. You're a myth. And Unis is like, uh, kill the human. You know, like, kill. Do you think that Christopher Judge and James Earl Jones were backstage recording and going like, I can go deeper. No, I can go deeper. And do you think they were both going, you are not my father. Oh, man. Back Chris, and forth Christopher to see Judge who could go fakeier. Flex, flex on Jones? Uh, yeah. That takes some balls. But I'm sure. He yeah, tried. he he can't do it. Earl Jones is like the deepest voice besides Barry White anybody ever heard. 
Well, yeah, well, so so they do that, and the, but the O'Neill's like in the back. He's like, excuse, excuse me, in his high in his high voice, and, and me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm still here. Hang on, don't I'm take. I'm still here, and I'm still the whitest guy here, and I demand <laughs> to be heard. I demand satisfaction. Okay, there's nothing people like more than white people going white people. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Unis is like being like, let's do this. And then O'Neill's like, no. And then Unis gets pissed, throws Teal'c aside, and is like, weapons are of no use here. And then O'Neill just straight up proceeds to riddle the dude with bullets because his gun worked. Because projectiles are are so base. Yeah, apparently. But and, and the thing is, is like, look, like I'm no gun fan personally, but but like, that what, was cool. Well, look, what are you, what are you going to do when like a talking slice of look, tripe? Do is I think we need you? gun control? Yes. Do I want to use a gun against a big, teethy, scaly monster? Fuck yeah! That guy wants to eat. That guy's like, hey, Teal, we can feast on this motherfucker's flesh together. Well, no, yeah, no, I I thought it was pretty sweet, and yeah, yeah he, he riddles sweet him. Too. I like riddles it. him to the ground. O'Neill's doing exactly what. The, the best ideal of his character is, which is just doing shoot shit one-liners <laughs> that are like, I don't care about the serious situation because I don't have to, and then shooting shit. That, that's all he's good for at this point. Right. I don't have to care about the serious shit because I brought guns. <laughs> yeah. I brought projectiles. <laughs> oh, yeah. is that serious? I don't take it that way, even though my son killed himself with one with my own. Oh, wow. I just feel like you should take it more seriously as a character, but this writer's room seems relatively unsophisticated. Well, yeah. So Teal'c's like, we killed him. And so they, they, they head off and they're like, <laughs> I love this. I love this conversation. This conversation is so weird because it's it, so funny too. I, I, I can't tell. It just keeps going back and forth. We get some backstory and Teal'c's like, he was the first host. His line is, born of the same primordial waters as the Goa'uld. Right, because it means that makes sense. They would have evolved together because the Goa'uld, it, it does give good backstory on like, where did this parasite come from? It had to evolve with, it had to evolve as parasites do with a host. Uh, and so that is good. That does make sense. But he says it's been so long that he is, he's so legendary that he's become a myth. Which is yeah. why he said, but you don't exist. Which is a dumb thing to say to something that you're faced with. You can't say to somebody No, I don't like I don't believe I don't believe in God, but if God was <laughs> clearly standing in front of me, I wouldn't have been like, You don't exist. If the God I'd hologram be like, Holy was shit, you me. exist. <laughs> That's what I would say. I'd be like, I wouldn't be like, You don't exist. I'd be like, You exist? Dude, tell me your rules because I've not been following what I told they were. Right. Well, and O'Neill's like, all right, well, so did we kill it? Is it dead? And he's like, and O'Tilk's like, yes, I'm pretty sure. Like, I, I believe. And he's like, you believe? Well, at, first, like, at first, they're like walking away and Teal's like, oh, definitely. He's dead. Pause, pause, pause. I mean, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and O'Neill's like. And O'Neill, he says it under his breath. And I'm surprised O'Neill even heard him. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well and and then and then and then Tilk's like he should have great regenerative abilities but that is only a myth 
And you're like, oh, but wait. But we've so- already seen his, we've already seen his <laughs> left eye glow yellow. <laughs> so, but yeah, so no. So I, yeah, this whole conversation, it's the first time we've ever seen Tilk like double take and be like, uh, I mean, I think I so. Guess? Yeah, because on Earth he's very contained, he's very sure of himself. Yeah, but uh, but seeing Unus really shook him, and he he doesn't really know what's going on. But then they hear we we see Unus taking bullets out of his body and screaming, and then he screams really loudly, and O'Neill's like, "Okay, that's no myth." Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Because at first they were like, maybe we didn't hear it right. Maybe there's a second one. And then they figure out, nope, we just didn't kill him. And I love that he's got like creepy day glow green. Like he lo- it looks like that funfetti spray is like what he, the kind of blood ooze he leaves mm, behind. Mm, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. hilarious to me. Have you ever had that? The silly string? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a nice neon glowing yeah. sort of thing. I get it's- it. I get it in my Christmas stocking every year, but you've met my mom, so you're not surprised. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always the first to deploy it. Well, yeah. Well, so, so they, as they're walking around, they, they, they see, they see Unis shows up again. And this is the weird, like, he's like, he shows up and he's like, your weapons cannot kill me. I know the secrets of the labyrinth. Like now he's like trying to be like, oh yeah. Weird, now like, he's like, do you artist. want me to, do you want me to help you? Yeah. I, it's so weird. He's just like, oh, but I know the stuff. Before he was like, let's eat O'Neill. And now he's like, if you guys are my friends, I'll help. You know, one of you be my friend. We'll kill the other one and I'll help the other one get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so they just shoot him again. Even yeah, t- they just are like that's the biggest fuck you I've ever seen. <laughs> Even Teal, who uh, O'Neill gave him a handgun, so yeah, Teal's so they like, just shoot the shit just, out of yeah, him. Yeah, just shooting him, and 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 then yeah, then they just move on. So and he's still not dead. That's a cray 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 yeah, cray cray no, cray cray yeah, cray. Just, but the fact is, he's lived for obviously like thousands, like many millennia. Apparently, because he came he came out of the primordial ooze. <laughs> And is still fucking alive. He is just hanging out in this shitty, shitty fucking like. How did he come out apartment. of the pri- we, we cut back out to outside, and uh, Kendra is still trying to find the entrance or the exit to the labyrinth, and and Car- Carter's pissed. Like this is so funny to me. Like Carter. Oh, this just, is the part I was referencing yes. earlier. I referenced it to earlier where I was like, Carter's like, she didn't know what she's doing. Daniel's like, I'm at a Kendra stand. What's up with Carter in this episode? Like, what's up with her? Like, I don't know. I do not. This is the first episode where I like definitely don't want to be her. I don't oh, yeah. want anything to do with her. Yeah. She says a lot of stupid things. She asks a lot of stupid questions and she's kind of a jerk. <laughs> she does not like Kendra at all. Like, it seems like she's like, nope. she's like just pissed. Nope. Somebody is like on like a juice cleanse or like it's dry January for her or something. I don't know. Something terrible. Yeah. See, Carter, she does not like Kendra. And she gets she gets into this whole thing with Daniel where she's like, I think Kendra unconsciously doesn't want to find the place because of the trauma. Right. She definitely has PTSD yeah. and she's definitely not doing what we want. And she's like, Daniel, I think you and your your you have so much hope. 
for Shari, yeah. uh, and I think it's blinding you. But but I'm like the entire time I'm like, what other plan do you have? Also, Carter? when did Carter become like a qualified psychologist or psychiatrist or social worker, where she's like psychoanalyzing everybody in the group because she's uncomfortable? It's straight up psychoanalyzing, and I don't understand. Yeah, it. it's some pop psychoanalyzing. <laughs> she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> Stop reading everybody. No nobody gets. Nope. And nobody consented. Nobody consented. Yeah, and good point. Like, if you don't have a better idea, then shut the fuck up and see how this plays out. Like, like Kendra is obviously trying. You know, to, you know, she's trying. But they do, they do eventually get to the entranceway. They find it. Kendra finds yeah, it. Yeah, because Carter's a fucking jerk, and she's wrong. <laughs> but yeah, they find. They find it's like a cave entrance with the Thor hammer symbol above it. Kendra's like, all right, well, uh, here it is. So Thor was, when I went there, Thor was, he was there when I first went there. And I love this next bit because Daniel, he does some really funny shit. He's like, Thor is, he says, Thor is inside? What? Which is dumb because he kind of knew that already from the earlier conversation (laughs) that there was a Thor hologram inside because she was like, Thor's there, but not there. And she's like, look, she starts describing. That's what she said. <laughs> she starts describing the labyrinth. And she's like, it's got yeah. long tunnels and hallways with one room. She's like, to I, another. He, and he's like, I know what a goddamn labyrinth is. <laughs> he's like, I used to masturbate to David Bowie because I'm Gen X. And tr- truth be told, this labyrinth in this episode doesn't really seem like a labyrinth. Like, there's no. It doesn't. It's just it a seems shitty like cave. Star Trek caves. Yeah, it's, it's Star. It's just Star Trek caves. Yeah. And then, but the, no, this is great. This is so funny. So Kendra's like, and something else is in there. Something alive. And then Michael Shanks as Daniel does this, the weirdest, like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> something alive? <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be the best stuff we do. <laughs> it's so dumb. Um, but anyway, so she tells them all this, and Daniel's like, "All right, we're going in. You can. You don't need to go in. We're, you're obviously he's dealing like, with issues." He's so sensitive this episode. He's like, "Honey, you've been through a lot already." Yeah. And she's like, "No." Rumble, rumble, rumble. Yeah. Thor wants me to try. Yeah. Thor, uh, Thunder Daddy wants me to go in with you. Thunder Daddy's sort of an insensitive prick, but he's also pushing her just the way she needs to be pushed, like a good con- confrontive therapist. Well, so yeah, so, th- so they go into the cave and then we cut to uh, uh, O'Neill and Teal'c. They're, they're, st- they're trying to find a way out. They finally find a door O'Neill's like, hey, Teal, I found it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not a very, can we talk about how it's like maybe a five foot, uh, five feet between <laughs> the exit that is a five foot wide exit. Like, so you could really jump through real quick, even if you were in a lot of pain. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You uh, could ride your way to the other side. No props. Well, yeah. Yeah. Be- between, between the door yeah, there's this arch stone that sort of is in the shape of the Thor hammer yeah. shape. And it's definitely this five 
four to five feet. And that is the Goa Uld symbiote killer space. That's the zone. Yeah, Teal can't get past it. Like a red light envelops him. You can't. And I don't know. They pull him out, but why don't they just shove him through? Well, yeah, because O'Neill's on the other side. Teal is freaking out. And so O'Neill. Well, O'Neill's like, on the real side, right? Yeah. So he bum he bum rushes a, a Teal and like throws him back into the labyrinth. Instead of grabbing him <laughs> and like pulling him to the outside. And they've like discovered, right? Like we found a way we can save sheree and apparently yeah and and the boy i can't remember i can only remember one of their names at a time scara scara and sheree we can save them both uh yeah 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 i mean this is the one way we found but we're gonna have to destroy it because we don't know how to get teal out because nobody's just tried pushing him through (laughs) well i don't know we've tried pulling him back how it works, it doesn't make much sense. I, I, I right, because really being stuck in there seems to cause him excruciating pain, and that's how they kill Unus. But by Teal holding him in there like a fucking badass hero, his I think his his go old might be a good guy too, because his go old can withstand some shit. And why doesn't his go old leave his body and try to control somebody else so that Teal can't do bad things to the by go old standards? Anyway, this show has a lot of holes. Go ahead. Well, so Unis does, he, he comes limping after them, like after this. And he's like, why doesn't he just give up on them and like wait for someone else to show up? I don't even understand why he's even in like the oldest Goa'uld in all of existence has just been hanging out in this shitty Goa'uld prison to do what? Like eat his fellow Feast. Feast. parasites? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But. He comes back and he's like, human, you can leave. You can save yourself and, you know, you can, you can get out of here. And O'Neill's like, I, you know, my friend. But not well, smartly, but by destroying the other only way we can save well, the victims. <laughs> well, fair enough. And then, well, then Unis goes to Tilk and he's like, look, you can look one time. Like there were very few of us, but many slaves and we were all kings and gods and we can all. Dude, and see, Teal's like, that's got nothing to do with me. I'm one of your slaves, you idiot. See, I, me personally, like this all, like I, I'm very interested in like this being clarified. I would like, like it to be clarified as well. I think that's true. I have also wondered how the is, fuck did this get started? Like is Jaffa, like they can never be hosts? Like they're hosts, but they're not hosts. Right. They're like in between. Well, and I will say a lot of, like weird sort of enslaving cultures have, it's pretty typical that there's like an in-between class. Even in apartheid, there was black, white, and there was an in-between class that included certain people. And even within, within United States slavery system, right? You had um, poor white people who didn't own slaves or didn't have enslaved people or, and were even themselves maybe indentured, which is different. And you, you also had um, within your enslaved population, right? You would create hierarchies often based on colorism. So the Jaffa are very clearly a status above 
um, just plain humans. Yeah. Like you have to, to be a Jaffa is a point of pride because you're not just a regular human, but you're not go old either. You're not, you're not going to get picked, which why not? Why wouldn't a go old be like, you know what? That badass teal that I've been living in. I'm just going to live in him. I'm just going to take him over forever. Cause he's like hot and strong. And his voice is so deep. He tried to, he tried to come up to James Earl Jones. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because it's, it's interesting because earlier in the episode, Kendra talks about, she's like on Jabana, my home world. They hid is, me cause I was a beautiful child. Yeah. She's like, beauty is a curse. But isn't it funny that they still, that they have the same beauty standards we do? Cause you would think that these little, these little <laughs> worms, their human beauty standard could be anything. Why would it be the most felt like petite featured people available? It could be literally anybody. Well, why isn't Christopher judge considered yeah. hot? Yeah, I think I he's hot as fuck. I don't know what to say. I don't I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. They're all like, I like a Kate Moss. <laughs> I guess they all have been pretty spelled, yeah. Yeah, they've all been, you know, flat tummy, flip them over and let me crawl in their neck. Well, except for Unis. I mean, Unis is a blue wrinkle monster. Like, I don't, like, what What was going on then? Was that the standard of beauty 20,000 well, years the ago? Me- the, like, message, the message we get is that's all that was available because that was before humans existed. So we're, Oh, but then we saw attractive humans. Then we saw hot people. We were like, that's inherently hot, which I'm just going to say... We're not inherently hot. Like that even latest uh, even, version of primate is right. Th- even amongst mm. apes, even amongst great apes, I think other apes probably look at us and are like, "Fucking gross!" Like well, yeah, you they're bald, just like, fucking hey, you yeah. bald motherfuckers, oh, you yeah. smooth skin, creepy bitches. So yeah, so Unis, you know, he's he's just saying a bunch of shit. So a big fight ensues. Well, he like he like hits O'Neill, O'Neill goes unconscious for a second. Uh, Unis and Teal'c, they they struggle for a bit. They they really get in there. Um, but Teal'c wins the day, sh- hits him. Uh, Unis goes to the edge of the arch stone and they start shooting his ass. And then Teal'c tries to push him through. So and he's then like, Because he- Teal'c is being hurt. Yeah, they're, they're both in the red ghoul destroying light and they're just yeah. like getting getting destroyed. And meanwhile, uh, Carter and Kendra are on the other side and they figure out a way in and they're just now watching this weird shit and just being like, what? And nobody's like, what if we just push Teal through? No, no, Wait, no. First of all, what if somebody who doesn't have a go old symbiont is the one to hold Unus? Why does it have to be Teal who's being actually actively harmed by it? Second <laughs> of all... <laughs> why then don't they just push Teal'c through real fast? Like, hey, Teal'c, all of us will go through together instead of like, Teal'c, go through first and see if it works. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say. It's, I, I don't know if, if the... Right, because it doesn't make any goddamn sense. I don't know if the variable is amount of time spent in the red light. I don't know if it's I, passing I'm the not threshold. Willing, like, I just don't know. 
I'm not willing to head canon my way through this because it should be explicit. <laughs> well, so O'Neill comes to and then grabs Tilk and brings him back into the labyrinth side. Doesn't push him through. Pushes him back in there. And then so Unus is freaking out in the red light by himself. And then he falls back onto the labyrinth side, but now dead. And how come his host doesn't live? And also, I just want to say, like, oh, I want to say what what seems really clear to me is I'm going to headcanon it after all. What seems really obvious is they get caught in the red light and it's so excruciating they can't move because otherwise Unis would have tried to jump through by now. But once you're in the red light, it's excruciating, which is why I'm just saying you need somebody to pull you through that shit, not back into the goddamn labyrinth side. I am just like pissed that. It was just, I think it was just convenient for them to destroy this, but it would be, here's the thing. Had they not destroyed Thor's hammer, they would have left that world safely intact because as it is, they have to destroy Thor's hammer to get by Daniel taking Teal's um, shooting staff outside of it and destroying, shooting at it and that destroys it. But like, so they have to destroy Thor's hammer, which leaves this whole world vulnerable now. And they have, it would have been as interesting of a storyline for them to try to figure out how they were going to get Kiara and Skiara there. I mean, yeah. That's as good, that's as good or better of a storyline. This is so dumb that they're like, oh, we found a solution, but we have to destroy it. I'm like, no, it's not like the people you want to save are there. You would spend a whole series trying to get people to <laughs> Camaria. Well, I mean, look, like this is what I was talking about when I was like, you know, this, you know, Daniel and Teal'c having like a thing because it, the conflict comes right in because Teal'c's like, you have to leave me here. Like, I can't go through. Just leave me here and go and figure it out. And O'Neill's like, we're not going to do that. We're going to get you out now. Hey, Daniel, come on over here and take this staff and shoot it from the other side. Destroy this thing. And Daniel's like, but what about my wife and my and our friend? Like this, this is a this is a clearly defined solution to the problem. And you want you want you want me to destroy it. That's what I was talking about earlier with like you know maybe there could be some conflict between daniel and took like this yeah, seems there like should be. there should be but daniel just does what o'neill says daniel is such a 50s housewife he does <laughs> he puts on he puts a ribbon in his hair and he meets colonial o'neill at the door with a martini at every turn which is not the fault of 50s housewives it's the fault of society, but fuck <laughs> Daniel because he has no societal reason for being that way. Well, yeah, well, it, he, he shoots the archstone. Teal'c walks through and he's like, thank you. Thank you, Daniel Jackson. And Daniel's like, well, at least we know it's possible. That's like his like fuck it, whatever. And, <laughs> and we don't know it's possible. We knew it was possible. And here's the thing. There was a point you just reminded me in the caves. I was like, if I have to hear Teal'c say, Thank you, O'Neill. One more time. Oh my God. And O'Neill never says, thanks, buddy. He just is always like, yeah. 
Oh, awesome. I don't think anyone's I, thanked Teal for anything yet. No. I mean, I'm well, Teal. Are we calling, did you just call him Teal now? We went from talc to Teal. No, the color. Teal. Teal. You said Teal. Well, it's, and that's not look, the first the time gl- you've done it. Look, the glottal stop can get tiresome. Teal. Yeah, it can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right, sorry. All right. 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 It's like the same with the Gua'ul. That's why I keep pronouncing it differently every time I say it. I'm you're just, not alone. I'm going straight for ghoul. You're not. It's just gold. Gold. You're just get just pre- you pronounce them gold, and I will do a hard Goa'ul <laughs> because it every time they're called gould, like a ghoul, like <laughs> ghouls and ghosts and freakies and goblins. And they're called Gould. I am just like, we, even on the show, the writers noticed that the actors were saying it wrong and made a whole episode section that was about how do you pronounce this? And still the actors are like, whatever, we're calling it Gould. It's all over the map, so I don't feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, so yeah, well, yeah. So the last scene of the show is they're again at the gate. They're about to leave. They're saying their goodbyes to Kendra. She gives them like and, a shitty rock. And Colonial, oh, it's like a rune stone that you could get on Amazon. Yeah, and Colonial O'Neill goes, uh, Daniel, do you want to dial this before it starts raining? Because I hear thunder. Do you want to get wet? I don't want to get wet by hair. And Daniel's like, O'Neal, you didn't, you weren't even here for the whole, like, that's actually no, just Thor Daniel talking. goes, oh my God, of course. Let me do, do that right away. He's like, oh yeah, of course. Of course, honey. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 all right, that's true. Although he also, he gets the shitty golden record, which oh, is yeah, he goes, oh, cigar yeah. box. Just like he goes back into ex- excited 50s housewife mode. He goes like, oh my God, I almost forgot, even though it's the last thing that happened right before we came through here. And he runs over, at least I was watching it one and a half speed. So he runs over no, and he, grabs no, it he fast runs as over. he can. Yeah. No, he does. Quick yeah. as you can mm-hmm. and brings it back over and hands it to Kendra who's not even a part of this community because she is an outcast. And she's like, Oh, yay. A box. Well, yeah, well, and she's then, like, I can heal people with my bracelet, but this box is amazing. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and, and O'Neill's like, well, she, the thunder peels again. And she, she's like, Thor says, thank you. Thor and, is pleased. Well, but see, but this is the weirdness. Cause O'Neill's like, all right, well, can you tell Thor that we like, the actual being or the God, tell him we'd like to meet him. Like that was the whole yeah, point. Like we're trying to make contact here. Like we want a strong ally, not you, not you dickheads. Well, it's just like, is he act, is he actually a God or is he just like a being? Can you, if you actually are talking to him, can you just tell him that we, we would like or to can talk. Can he hear like me? Yeah. Is he like, I can just shout at the clouds. Hey, <laughs> Thor. <laughs> hey buddy you seem to know what's going on can you tell we're trying to make contact with you yeah because yeah. mission failed i mean i guess so i mean unless because the mission immediately became rescue the second they got there the mission became a rescue and their initial mission was abandoned and then they destroyed the one thing that kept the goal away yeah they're gonna lose the fuck they're gonna lose uh team eight <laughs> it's just gonna go down it's a yeah, eight, yeah seven yeah. the expendability is like inversely proportional with the number 
It's like, <laughs> yep, yep. And the more SG one fucks up, the more teams they're like, nope. We're down to like one to three in like yep. five episodes. Uh, if they're lucky. All right. Well, then gate gang goes through, and that's the end of the episode. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Thor's hammer. Oh my god, Tori, I have a question for you. You got a question for me? Were you comforted? I was. All right. Uh, no, yes, I was very comforted with this episode. Very. Look, it had a lot of stuff that I love. I love, I do like Norse mythology. I love Galen Gord. I love James Earl Jones. I love full body costumes. Uh, I mean, this, this thing had everything for me. Like I, I, I just had just a bunch of shit that I liked. Got, that just, makes sense. Just Star Trek up. caves. I, I was totally comforted. What about you? Were you comforted by this somehow? Yes, it, yes, and no. I was comforted by the fact that this that they are trying to establish a through line, a through plot line for all the episodes. I was discomforted by the like just the insidious racism, like unconscious overt biases of the writers' room. Yeah, and by I think that there were plot holes in their writing where they could have probably made the through line better than I'm guessing it's going to be. But I'm pretty <laughs> stoked there's going to be a through line. Uh, uh, the next steps is first our yay, nay, or mays. <gasps> you go first. Okay. Uh, Tori, my, who's your yay, nay, or may? So my yay, who I'd like to be, and I'm going to say it straight up. It's O'Neill in this episode. I'm sorry. Uh, he does exactly what he should be doing, as I said before. I agree. He just, he's just saying... Fair. He's saying one-liners as the crazy white dude who just doesn't really give a shit. Right, who can afford to be irreverent. Exactly. And then, and and also is just shooting monsters. Like, all right, he's, he's performing exactly as his purpose is. I'm down. I'm in. All right. My nay, who I don't want to be, is definitely Sam Carter. She's just, she's just, she's just, she's she just, sucks. What's her problem with Galen Gord? Why is she giving her so much shit? I know I can't it's some it. weird cat fight shit from the writer's room. <laughs> <laughs> well, then my nay is the writers, which will always be the nay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I hate shitting on writers so much, but for real. Uh, and then my, my meh, which is my, I, I really couldn't care either way. Pretty indifferent is Thor's hologram. It's pretty shitty. <laughs> it's a pretty shitty version of Thor. I'm pissed. But this is the, th- this is the funny thing. Uh, I'll probably talk about this a lot it's a, uh, throughout this series, but Christopher Judge, uh, mm. amazing actor, also did some voice work. Uh, he's the voice of Kratos in the latest God of War video game. I mean, this is a big deal. Oh, in the video I could game. see him be doing voice work. He has a great voice. Oh yeah, no, it, it's an amazing mm-hmm. role. He does an amazing job. It's an amazing video game, but it's funny because the video game it has to do with Norse mythology. Oh, how funny! So I, it was <laughs> yeah, like I, I was like, oh, I wonder, like, if when he was recording for the video game in 2016, if it brought him back, if he had memories about this episode or like. Probably future not. episode yeah, probably. i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no <laughs> blip but what's your uh what's your yay nay or may my yay is kendra 
because she has been through some shit, but unlike most of us, she gets magical powers out of it. All I got was when I went through a lot of shit was some P- complex PTSD and I paid off a Subaru. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I want to uh, be her. She's cool as hell. And I, my ne is definitely Unis <laughs> for like every reason other than he has the voice of James Earl Jones. All the yeah. other reasons, though, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. else about uh, him, gross. Yeah, yeah. He probably smells fucking horrible too, oh, and he's probably like got a vitamin D deficiency or something too. And my meh. Is probably Teal'c. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Teal'c is probably a runner-up for who I'd want to be. Like Teal'c, in the con- in the wider con- context of this whole storyline, sucks a little bit. But every show, he's like who I'd most want to be, and they kind of they do in a way. They take a lot of the sting out of his blameworthiness by the fact that he didn't have other options. Or he felt that he didn't, although I feel like that's, it was pretty easy to twist him over. So I'm like, really? Like, but anyway, everybody is willing to sacrifice all the things for Teal'c in this episode. That's got to feel pretty good. They sacrifice a lot for him. So I would be Teal'c as my second or my meh. Okay. Because he's got blood on his hands, but everybody's like, I'm here for you. Hey, advert, adverts. Hey, what's up, advertisers? Adverts, advertisements, advertisements coming your way. Start ST Fun. Supporting sponsors. Place TBD. All right. Well, th- well, thanks for thanks, advertisers, for you know supporting oh us and the channel. Those were incredible and- advertisers. Yeah. Uh, my favorite was the advertisement for the human child skin peeler. I'll take money from anyone. Mm, mm, mm. The live skinner. Too much. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> All right. Never mind. My favorite was for the cheese grater you use on your nasty feet to get all the nasty, <laughs> to get all the nasty oh, skin yeah. off. Okay. Hey, Tori. What do you think are your best qualities? And and while you're thinking about it, I'm going to say thank you to Talking Point Cards for Couples, Conversations with Purpose. <laughs> Available on Amazon. Let's see. My uh, my best qualities. Uh, let's see. All right. Well, uh, well, I, uh, you know, I, I can find the humor in almost anything. That's, that's a pretty good quality, right? Yes. I used to have really good hair. That yeah. was like my best feature. <laughs> Gone for a while now. Okay. It's a good thing you have a sense of humor about it. I have a pretty good vocabulary when I'm actually like on top of things. Absolutely. A I've never you've, I've never you've never said what does that mean? All right. So what what all right. So now the question Gosh, I don't you. know if my list is extensive. I would say <laughs> I too <laughs> So mine is humility. I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna start also with humor. 
I'm going to say having a sense, my sense of humor is probably my very best quality. And I'm yeah. going to say my other one is like, I, I say that being supportive is my superpower. Oh yeah. I, I have like a lot of empathy and I like to support people so much so that I have to hold back from, I've, I've learned to hold back from offering things that are going to be a real drag for me to actually give, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, st- I'll still do it if people ask, but I'm not going to just fucking be like, do you want me to do this? I think that I'm very good. If I say I'm going to do it, then I'm going to. So I think I have decent follow through. Oh, follow through, yeah. But if I, if I can't, I'm honest. I fess up as soon as I realize I can't follow through on that because, you know, I'm a nuanced bitch. But I, I don't know. I just think trying to like create clarity. I think a good quality of mine is, is my willingness to apologize. I don't think that it costs me anything. I don't think it le- it diminishes me as a person. I think that if I've in any way hurt anybody, I want to know and I want to say that I'm sorry. Even if I don't didn't mean to, even if I think it was mis- it was a misunderstanding, the point is if you've hurt somebody else, it costs you nothing to say I'm sorry. Because the truth is if I did hurt someone, I, I genuinely am sorry. It doesn't matter what I meant to do. And I'm like really like imperfectly, but hella anti-racist. And I think that's a good quality. (laughs) And I'm always trying to be a better, I'm always trying to be a better feminist. And that means, that means to be like, live my life in a certain way, but also to like um, be more inclusive of who I include, like do everyone who I think of when I think of feminist feminism, do I think of people who are the same body size as me, who are the same skin tone as me, or who am I thinking about? And am I thinking about the fact that um, misogyny actually hurts everybody? Just like white supremacy hurts everybody. White people might not think it's hurting them, but it so obviously is. So I, I like to get real deep and philosophical. I'm a good conversationalist. Okay, my list was at least as long as yours. <laughs> no, we're pretty, we're pretty fucking t- tizzite. We're good. We're awesome. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Aren't you glad you stayed through the commercials to hear us brag on ourselves? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you are. Oh fuck. Sorry. But Tori, we are we feel closer as a podcasting couple, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah for real. So yeah, that's how that that group of that group of index cards that's how it's supposed to do that's what it's supposed to be that's right? what's supposed jesus to jesus christ i'm Mm-mm. drunk as oh shit. and i'm very good at houseplants <laughs> i have all the kinds now i have plants that like to be moist i got plants that like to be dry i got plants that are just want the air i got plants that live in water i got fish and i got plants in with my fish i am not good with plants i'll say that oh. no. i try and i kill Okay. Uh, hey, Sarah. So uh, we're done with episode nine. What's episode ten about? What's the next show? Well, I hope I'm saying this right. It's called the Torment of Tantalus, or the Torment of Tantalus, or Tantalus. But it's a torment of something or someone. And according to Anonymous, the first Anonymous who shows up on IMDb, the plot is this. Daniel Jackson discovers 
that the Stargate was activated in 1945 and a young professor went through never to return together with his still living fiance, not Daniels, but that other person's, the SG-1 team discover the now aged professor naked and trapped in a decaying, in a decaying fortress containing the secrets of an ancient alliance. Will they be able to rescue him and escape to Earth on time? Stay tuned. Watch this space. Wait, that's wait. What? Like someone wrote? The, like why do they? Why do they end it with a question? Like this isn't like. <laughs> the other because ones don't do that. Do they, they were helping? Hey, I hope they all do that because it sounds like we wrote it. Okay, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> Let's just and pretend I, that and we I, wrote I know it. the answer. <laughs> you know the answer, yeah. I think we all know the answer. No spoilers. But... I don't know, but <laughs> but in, but in any case, uh, that's the end of the episode. See you next week at the wa- the vertical watering oh, hole. That's right. We'll, we'll see you. Bye.